Season 9, episode 27. Shout out to everybody that's been watching. Shout out to everybody that's been supporting. Shout out to everybody that's helped us to get this far so far. Shout out to everybody that has been watching us on the Brick Network every Tuesday and Thursday at 12, 1, and at 4 p.m. Shout out to everybody that watches us on the Bronx Net. Um, shout out to everybody in the Bronx, BX Stand Up. Um, shout out to everybody that subscribes to our YouTube. That's www.youtube.com backslash the real word TV. That's the real word TV, one word on YouTube. Um, the real word seven, like the number seven on Mike Vick, um, facebook.com backslash the real word seven or the real word ministries on Facebook at the real word ministries Inc on Instagram. And if you want to donate dollar sign, the real word Inc, that's dollar sign, the real word Inc, or check out our official website at www.therealwordministriesinc.org. That's the real word ministries Inc.org or Google us. I'm your host, Ricard G. Noir. I'm here with a new co-host. Introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. I'm Katia Joseph, Cat for short. I'm excited to be here. Okay, okay, okay. Shout out to Cat for being here with us today. And shout out to all of you for joining us. Um, Cat, you just had an event the other day. Tell the people about your event that you had. Um, well, actually, event, upcoming event. Upcoming, okay, okay. yes, I have an art exhibit mm -hmm. um, November 4th. I'm really excited about that. Mm -hmm. um, I'm an artist, I'm a painter, mm -hmm. and uh, I'm going to be celebrating and talking about black maternal health. Mm -hmm. And I'll have my artwork available for purchase, of course, open exhibit. But in addition, I'm going to be doing workshops yeah. for expecting moms. Um, we're going to be talking about prenatal care. I have some doulas coming out. There's going to be a doula meet and greet in Queens. And so I'm excited about it. Wait, for the people that don't know what a doula is, what is a doula? Oh my goodness, so doulas are support for moms before they give birth, during the birthing process, and after the birthing process. They're not doctors, mm -hmm. but they're there to advocate for moms, mm -hmm. um, and I am a huge advocate of all things black maternal health, and so really pushing that in the black community. Unfortunately, there's a really high risk for moms when they're giving birth and in pregnancy, and so... Uh, yeah, you should definitely look into having a doula, a midwife to support moms during that process just to make sure you have somebody that speaks up for you. Unfortunately, you know, mm. moms kind of get quiet or silenced during that process. And so just somebody to make sure that they're good 
cover and even support even um medically at times even though they're not doctors so yeah mm. so i'm guessing whenever you give birth you would want a doula present absolutely hands down so what, <laughs> what do you feel like would be the difference of having one and not having one so um i think one of the biggest things is literally having a voice mm -hmm. um clearly everyone knows um it's an emotional process mm -hmm. for moms literally physically you're going through a lot of different emotions mm -hmm. um and we know about things like depression and stuff that happens there are medical issues that happen right sickness and disease and things like that that happen when moms are pregnant and what the doula does literally is like a voice for the mom so mm -hmm. in addition to kind of checking in before the process right hey mom what do you need? What are your likes and dislikes? Mm -hmm. What's your goal? How do you want to give birth? What position do you want to be in? What should the doctors know about you? Things like that. Mm -hmm. What happens is for the actual process, in addition to preparing the mom, right? Maybe stretches or things like that, making sure mom is comfortable. During the actual birthing process, mm -hmm. um, the doula is usually there with the mom mm -hmm. um, to make sure that she's okay, to speak on her behalf to the nurses, to speak on her behalf to the doctors. Um, for example, if you know, the mom's main doctor isn't the one that's there for the birthing process. Mm -hmm. The doula is usually there as a reminder, like, hey, by the way, mom wanted it to look like this or to be like this. Um, they kind of are a little bit more of a confidence boost, too. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, you know, we get a little, I don't know, almost like starstruck. Like, we get nervous speaking to medical professionals, to mm -hmm. doctors and things like that. And so the doula is like the middleman to kind of step up on behalf of mom or on behalf of the family and to speak up for her so mm -hmm. yeah i think it's a huge difference it's it's just nice to have another person advocating it's not like you against all of the medical professionals mm -hmm. you have somebody else in the room that's on your side that you know has your back too so you would have to give them i guess legal right to be in the room at the time yeah at that point it's the mom that gives the person authority to be in the room with them okay um, I get during it. the process yeah the only reason why I ask is because I know sometimes they're real sensitive when it comes to who's in the room and who's not in the room during yes. the birth. Yeah, I don't know what it is now. I know things got really stringent, especially during COVID, mm -hmm. right? So that changed it up. I know of certain people, different circumstances where moms had to decide, right? Because mm -hmm. you kind of had to choose. Is it going to be maybe the spouse or the partner? Is it going to be your doula or maybe a parent? So I know that that's changed. I believe it's a little bit more lenient again after COVID now that things have calmed down a little bit. But yeah, mom gets to decide mm. who's who's in there with her. And I am once again a huge advocate for doulas to support during that process. So what was your motivation for having the art? What, what would you call it? Art expo? Art, yeah, art exhibit. Art exhibit expo um, centered around black maternity they what i usually hear is that black women are are like almost twice as likely to die during mm -hmm. childbirth than the white women. Mm -hmm. like, uh, they don't give black women anesthesia anesthesia yeah um, as much as white people because they feel like black people could take more Can pain supposedly i mean th these are things i've heard i don't know how true it is you know so, yes um studies do show that unfortunately for a lot of medical, for a lot of patients, mm -hmm. when it comes to black patients, they're just not given the same care. Um, like you said, the assumption is that blacks have a, just a stronger threshold. Mm -hmm. And so it, it just, it seems as though black, for example, talking about black maternal health, mm -hmm. moms aren't given the same amount of medication or they're not taken seriously, right? When they're like, I'm in pain, the assumption is that they can handle it or you know that they're exaggerating and that they're going to be fine mm. and so my inspiration in doing this exhibit um 
I'm going to say first is faith. Definitely, God. I think God kind of pointed me in this direction mm. and brought me here. Um, I always have been an advocate for all things black community. And so I enjoy spotlighting the black community in this way. Mm-hmm. But I think in the last few years, um, especially, I've had a lot more women open up to me about their birthing experiences. Um, one of my cousins who has been extremely open with me about her experience, her birthing process. She has three beautiful boys. Shout Mm -hmm. out to Rachel. Mm -hmm. And she's uh, currently a doula student, Mm -hmm. right? She's an advocate for black maternal health. She's also a doula student. Um, Another one of my closest sister friends, Karma, is a doula and has always operated in this world. I was a yoga instructor next to her. And so she always did pre-yoga and things like that. And now she's a lactation um, consulted and all of that. Mm-hmm. And so I just think as of late, there have been so many other women around me mm-hmm. that have opened up about their process and shared with me the, and the good parts and the bad parts of it. Um, and so it just seemed like it was the right time to spotlight it and, you know, do my part, you know, that I'm not a doula <laughs> so that I'm clear. I'm not a doula. I'm not a midwife. I am not a professional in any way, but what I can contribute is my artwork. I enjoy spotlighting black women and so, yeah. so let me ask you a question. How do you feel about um, childbirth now, hearing all of this? Does it matter? Do you look forward to it? So I think it makes me cautious. Mm. I've always wanted, like, the experience, right? Like, I've always been the, you know, the little girl who's imagined that, like, being a mom and all those kind of things. Um, I, it, my, my mental interest but it's made me a lot more cautious. Mm-hmm. I know that it's not, you know, an easy process. More realistic about mm-hmm. and making sure I'm educated. I think that's been a really big part of the process and what I've learned mm-hmm. just about women feeling like they weren't educated or informed about their options mm-hmm. or that they could choose, you know, like, and, and so that just makes me a lot more cautious. It makes me want to be a lot more aware before I step into that space. Do you think that's true, though? That they're not educated or informed? Yeah. Yeah. Because I, th- I think about it even for myself, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I went, my first GYN appointment, I was an adult, right? Like, <laughs> you know, like, in your mind, you have all of these false ideas of why you go. Mm. And so it's like, okay, well, if you're not out in these streets, there's no reason for me to go to the, you know, there's no reason for you to get checked out. Mm. And so we just have a lot of false ideas about our own bodies even and about the, you know, the medical profession in general. And so, yeah, I don't think we're informed. I think about the difference, even for me, um, the difference between two different GYNs, well, three different GYNs that I've experienced at this point of my life, mm-hmm. and even the bedside manners, you know, like, it, it can just be really callous. They can be really like, oh, well, this is just what it is, and walk away, and you mm-hmm. have no idea, right? They'll, they'll speak at you medical terms that you've never heard of before. Just walk off? Yeah, and walk out the room, and you're there, you know, guessing, trying to Google it on your phone before they come back, trying to figure it out. So, yeah, I think mm-hmm. it's absolutely true. Yeah, but after a while, you know, it's, it's just like there are people doing a job just like everybody else doing a job. And if you think Absolutely. about it, like me, at my particular place of employment, we have over 200 clients. Mm-hmm. So it's like imagine seeing 20, 30 people a day and they're all complaining. And you're like, 
after you see the 20 person, you're going to be like, all right. And they're like, are you listening? Are you listening? You're like, yeah, I'm listening. But I've heard this 20 times before you walked in. Right. So it's like, really? It's like, okay, this is what it is. Take I care mean, of it. I'll see you later. <laughs> like, it's more but, so a you problem than a me problem. You see, can't put it on me. that's the part that's tricky, right? It's uh-huh. like, I don't expect for you to solve the problem, right? Like, you can't take care of my body for me. That's different. But to inform me, it is your job. Yeah. Like, literally, that is your job. Yeah, but right? they did technically inform you. But of what? But I think that's where the gap is, yeah. right? So it's like, for example, if um, if I come in, if I think that I'm pregnant, right? Mm-hmm. And I come in and I'm like, hey, I'm having these pains. I think I'm pregnant. They do the test. They're like, okay, yeah, you are pregnant. And I'm like, okay, but I'm in pain, mm-hmm. right? It is your job as my doctor then to say, okay, well, let's figure out where the pain is coming from, right? To the yeah. best of your ability. Yeah. And then if you figure out what the pain is, let's say another huge issue and I mean, amongst women in general, but especially black women, Mm. fibroids, Mm. right? Okay, you have these large fibroids. If I don't know what a fibroid is, if I've never heard of a fibroid before, then yeah, I do expect for you as my doctor to help me to understand that or what my options are. I think, for example, um, there are doctors that are literally coming and be like, oh, your fibroids are huge. We should just take them out. Let's do surgery. And if I don't know any better, I'll say, okay, yeah, put me under the knife, not realizing there are other options for me. Such as? Um, there are medications that you can take when it comes to fibroids, depending on where the fibroids are or the size of the fibroids. Maybe you can leave them alone completely. What is fibroids? Oh gosh. Once again, I'm not a medical professional, (laughs) but in very simple terms, I'll just explain it as a growth, um, Mm. that females sometimes develop inside the um, vagina and the uterus, um, at times. Right. And so like for, I do, I have fibroids, Mm. right? Fibroids are huge. Like it happens often for women in my family. Um, and even knowing that, like, okay, we have fibroids, but... But the thing is, sometimes from what I hear about fibroids, sometimes it makes it hard to have children, and then sometimes it makes sex painful. Exactly. Depending on where they are, the size of them, how mm-hmm. many you have. Yeah. It completely shifts the And the size of for... the penis, from what I heard from women. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that that will determine pain for a lot of different reasons in addition to fibroids, right? But I guess that's exactly my point. Right? Like, okay, you come in, you're like, oh, yeah, you have fibroids. Okay, now what? Right? Like, mm-hmm. you, if you are my, my GYN, if you are my gynecologist, mm-hmm. then I would expect for you, hopefully, to give me a little more than that. Like, oh, yeah, you got fibroids. Well, good meeting. Yeah. You know, like, what am I supposed to do with that? Yeah. So, we're human. Mm-hmm. I get it that they may not necessarily be kind and loving and sweet and they may not hug you, but... And they be going through a lot. Like, you ever heard they of do. the song um, World of Temptation? And then they talking about... They were, it's a song by Nas. And in the song by Nas, he's talking about there's a woman that's going through operation, that's having a baby as a result of rape, and she's in the... She's in the operating room with a doctor. The doctor's dealing with a divorce because his mm. wife was having an affair. And he's plotting on killing his wife. And at the same time, he's doing this <laughs> surgery on the lady. And it's like all this going on. And then there's a football player that Nas is sleeping with his wife while the guy's rushing on the 30-yard lo- thirty yard line. But that, that guy's all sleeping with other women, too. And <laughs> it's, like, it's like, it's like, it's crazy. And it's like, this is all the things that the doctors be going through for real, for real. Right. Because... At the end of the day, generally speaking, women like men that make a lot of money. But the thing about men that make a lot of money, they're not available. Like, they're always busy. Now it's like, you make okay, all this wait money. wait a minute. No, because now we're going left. Okay, okay wait, go ahead. Wait, wait. Go ahead. Let me hear this. 
Um, cause that'll be going, I don't want to take us off topic, Okay, go but on. the doctor being unavailable, mm. what does that have to do with the fact that you're still my doctor in this moment during this appointment? Wait, no, that's not what we told him. I'm talking about the doctor, <laughs> the doctor is unavailable. No, the doctor spends a lot of time in the hospital. So he's unavailable mm-hmm. for his family, which causes mm-hmm. issues in his home. He's stressed out. And then when he comes to work, he's stressed out. So when he has to deal with you, he's like, damn, I'm not trying to deal with this. I'm just trying to get through the day because there's so much stress in my life. Understood. It don't change the fact that it's still your job. But, right? I'm, I'm all for grace, right? Hmm. I'm not saying every time you come in here, you got to set me up right, pat me on the back, give, give you me a, a lot of right? Like, exactly. I'm not expecting that. I understand that people are human. And so we all should be able to offer grace to each other. But to me, I expect for you to show up for your job as my doctor the same way I show. I expect for you to show up for me as my cashier mm-hmm. at the grocery store the same way. Don't I'm not bothering you. Your job is cashier. I understand that you could be going through it. Life is stressful for you, too. It'll change the fact that you still showed up for your job. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like recently, like lately, the hospitals are trash. It's rough. It's rough. trash. The other day I went to the hospital because I had a ringing in my ear, right? And I had mm-hmm. this ringing in my ear for two days, like to the point where it gave me a headache. I ended up going to um, Beth Israel Hospital. Yeah, I'm going to shout y'all out. <laughs> so so I went there. I got there like around, well, I dropped off my kid, came back home, got dressed, went there. So yeah, I got there like around 9, 30, 10 o'clock. Okay. I didn't get out of there till like 2.30. And and they put me on a quote unquote fast track. Yeah. The fast yeah. track is when they got like six beds lined up on the side, like right when you come into the emergency room, and there's only a curtain separating you. And then they put the rest of the people sitting in chairs. So mm-hmm. half the people's in beds, half the people in chairs. And they come over and they ask you personal questions, like how many people have you had sex with in the last three months? It's <laughs> <laughs> like and I had to tell I'm like, yo, you ask me very personal questions in a public I'll setting. I'll and I know the guy across from me is listening move. to my whole conversation because he was just in the next person conversation asking if they want a personal injury lawyer. So I know this nigga listening to my conversation. No. So I'm looking at him. I'm looking at her. I'm like, miss, like, what's good with you? And she's like, oh, so I don't know. So what you want to do? Like, you know, I know the air is ringing, but since you're here, you want to take an HIV test? I'm like, yeah. So you can tell my results in front of everybody. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, oh, no, you know, since you here already so i'm like whatever let's I just do it hmm, yeah so like she 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 just sticks me with a needle in front of everybody blood is draining out of my head everybody just sitting there looking at me i'm looking at them and then she comes back an hour later she's like it's negative i'm like you don't know how to whisper <laughs> and, I'm, I'm like, and i'm like yo in my mind I'm like what if it was positive then right, what? Like, like 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 <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, this is for you. And the rest of the six people looking like Everybody wait this <laughs> like, yo. Yeah. Then after then after all that times, let's see, 10, 11, 12, 1, 2. After four hours, they come to me and was like, hey, you know, you got tender what's it, tender tenderitis in the ear. Tenderitis. Tenderitis yeah. in the ear. Basically ringing in the ear. Like I could have said that myself. I could have Googled that. Like What do I do? What happens now? <laughs> and I'm like, well, y'all gonna give me medication are you gonna give me some pills are you gonna do anything give me a prescription she's like no she's like here's a paper you could go see a specialist in a week if it doesn't go away and i'm like so i so i sat here for four hours i know you're gonna build my insurance thousands of dollars yeah that part so it's like what was all this for and she's like 
you know, things have been kind of rough here in the hospitals, you know, blah, blah. So, you know, it was busy. And I'm like, honestly, like, lady, I walked around the whole emergency room. It's just a bunch of old people yelling because <laughs> they don't have a maternity. They, they don't have a maternity. They don't have um, a trauma unit. So they only have for, what's that word? Geriatric. For old people and for like small emergency. Like if you could walk your way into the emergency room, then you can go. Other than that, they don't have nothing else over there. I only go there because it's a small private hospital and they're supposed to be faster than the bigger hospitals. Didn't quite work out that way for you this last time, huh? No, it did not. (laughs) Everywhere is better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He's the most brilliant. He's brilliant. He's brilliant. <laughs> you know why? Because he knows that there's no privacy. I get to hear everybody's everything. He's smart. Mm-hmm. But the same way that you Right, and then like you said, it's like thousand dollars. Like you're doing all this at the very least. I just want to answer. Can you help me out? Look, can you just? I don't know. I could have told myself my ear was ringing. I could hear my ear ringing, you know? True. I mean, okay. But, and that's also separate because we can't necessarily control what the answer is, right? Because the reality is they could have said they didn't have an answer for you. Mm. So that's different. No, I know you still Technically, they answer. didn't have an answer. Right. They, they looked in my ear and it's like, everything looks normal. We don't know what it is. Specialists. Yeah. It's outside of their scope. Yeah. Right. And today I brought my daughter to a specialist. And you know how much that co-payment was? 220 Oof. Out of pocket. Because they said I didn't On top hit, of whatever else. Yeah, right? because they it's said I didn't hit the paid. deductible threshold for specialists. Trash. And I you know what trash. the specialist said? Your daughter's eyes are fine. <laughs> so I paid you 220 just to tell me that, lady. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, Part of the game. Yo. She's like, come back six months later, give me another 220. <laughs> Part of the game. Part of the game. <laughs> Which is exactly why it's helpful to have advocates. <laughs> you know, like sometimes it's helpful to have somebody that knows a little bit more than you mm-hmm. to be able to stand in the gap and say, all right, let me ask the right questions that you don't know that need yeah. to ask or, you know, like without you having to go to school to figure it out. I think for us is the middle class that's trash because the people all at the bottom, they get the free, 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 everything free. They get the Medicaid. Well, like, yeah, but they, Medicaid, it don't always work out for you. True. But at least, at least they could go see their doctors for free and the people all at the top, they got the private personal doctors. You can see for free, the answers are going to be the same. Yeah. Right? Like, you think about it. The money, the money's being showed out. Mm. Either which way. Mm. They got to go for free. Mm. But the money was still paid. By us. The doctor still paid. By the answer's us. still the same, though, is what I'm trying yeah, to tell you. But at the least... doctor who walks out and still was like, yeah, your ear was ringing. The doctor said the same thing to the other person, whether I, they paid directly or at not. At least they didn't <laughs> have to pay out of pocket and they get to save their money. What money? If they had the money. Yeah. I mean, okay, perfect example. If they had to go to a specialist, they wouldn't be paying 220 out of their pocket like I had to pay. Okay. 
And would they make it to a specialist? They can, yeah. If 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 they get the referral as well, if they get the referral and it's in network, they'll they they they'll go see a specialist. But I say that and and I say that just because mm-hmm. when we're talking about as simple as the haves and the have nots, I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. Those that have not, it's it's rare that because typically I feel like when we, when we talk about it, like oh, but everything for those that you know are living on government assistance just get stuff for free or they just have access, mm-hmm. and that's not the case. There is a small group that takes advantage, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, of course. But that's not the majority. If you have not, then you also lack the resources to make it to the specialist, the time to be able to do it. A lot of folks that are working, like I think about the communities even that I've been in, like. When they're working their tail off, even for me, working in New York, working in New York, I was working full time um, at Chelsea Pierce, where it's an entertainment complex, right? Multi-million dollar entity. I'm getting paid pennies on the dollar. I applied. This was back in 2000, maybe like 15 or 16. Mm. I applied for affordable housing. Mm. I got denied because I didn't make enough. Not because I made too much. Cause I didn't make enough for affordable housing. Mm. But that's relative. It depends on whose idea of affordable it is. I agree with you. But yeah. I feel that it's the same thing when we talk about those that have and those that don't have. Right? Like, oh, well, they just get everything for free. Not necessarily true, right? Like, they're working. There are a lot of folks that don't desire to mm. be in the position that they're in. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, what we consider poverty in... I'll even say New York, not even the United States, will be considered, I don't know what it is as of 2023, but the poverty line is so low, I just, it would be silly to say, that like, oh, as if they're just living this luxurious life because they don't have to pay for the doctor, but even don't ever make it to the doctor, right? Like, their health conditions are also trash. Mm. They're not making it to the doctor that they don't have to pay for. I can't say that because, like, say, for example, if they're part of a social service network, like, mm-hmm. let's just say the people in the shelter, mm-hmm. that everything is paid by the government from their beds to the food mm-hmm. um, to also food stamps, public shelter. They're in a shelter for 90 days. They get a homeless voucher. Mm-hmm. Um, the vouchers, the ju- right now, the the voucher for one person for one bedroom is covering up to twenty two I think twenty two twenty two eight or twenty something eight. Okay. So these homeless people could afford apartments that working people can't afford. Okay. It's off their okay. off their voucher right now, so that's the part I'm saying. And then also in the shelter, we have a whole clinic mm-hmm. within the shelter. So they have a nurse practitioner. They got a nurse psych. They got a medical assistant that that administers medication. If they have a medical emergency, staff will call and send them to the hospital. So, and the caseworker makes appointments for them to go see their doctors and their psych. Okay. So all of that is handled for them. Some of them, once they move out, if they're like low functioning, then they get put into something that's called supportive housing, where there's also caseworkers that work in the place where they live. When you say low functioning, do you mean like if they're on like the spectrum or if they have like what is... Yes, if they're on the spectrum and also if they have a serious mental illness like schizophrenia or if they have prolonged drug use, which causes them to have a delay, like either a cognitive delay or if they're unable to, to, if they have poor ADLs, uh, unable to do regular things like, you know, feed themselves, bathe themselves, things like that. Gotcha. And so they need people to constantly check up on them and put them on the proper... Line when I was in when I was working in the Bronx, um, we was working with people that lived under the two hundred percent poverty level, 
those were people for a family of at least two, three people. That was anything under $19,000 for a single person. It was between 15000 and under. So we worked with people that was making between twelve to 15000 a year, mm-hmm. which means their lives were fully subsidized. Okay. Most, most majority of the time, they couldn't even afford their rent. They would have to go into arrears and then go back to human resources to get what's called a one-shot deal where human resources just pay off all their their rent just to keep them from going homeless again. Okay. Yeah, so I've seen how some of these people live. Like, some of these people, like, they abuse the system. Like, they'll go into arrears for, like, I think the biggest case I ever handled was someone that owed $48,000 in back rent. Mm-hmm. And they was on full government assistance, and they were stripping on the side, and they still owed the money. I mean, the reality is, yeah, there are plenty I think that do abuse the system. I just don't think it's fair to say that that's an everybody. No, you know, like, you can't say everybody. A good amount. Some people, all they know is abusing the system. That's all they know. Which is a whole other conversation, right? Like the mm-hmm. habits and things that you're used to. If it's the only thing that you know, how do you break the cycle if it's the only thing that you're familiar with? Mm-hmm. Which is a whole other conversation. But outside of the folks that are abusing the system, mm-hmm. do I think it's unfair that there are folks that don't have to pay for medical assistance or for social services? Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't. I think it has its place. Mm-hmm. I just think we have clearly a very imperfect system. But I think social services has their place. I think, you know, Medicaid, Medicare healthcare in that way has its place. We just happen to have a very corrupt system. Mm -hmm. And so who gets access to what? You know, like, is it fair? That part's debatable. (laughs) (laughs) That's debatable. Mm. So overall, like, tell the people a little bit about yourself. Because, yeah, we dove into, you're into art. You're doing this wellness. You're also into dance. So let's talk about that. Yeah. So let's see. How do I round this out to make it all make sense? So um, my company is K for Creative Inc. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are art in motion. So what I do personally is I paint and I dance. Uh, I've been a dancer for almost my whole life. Mm -hmm. And what that looks like in terms of how I work and in terms of my business, um, definitely wellness and whatever I can use to empower and represent the black community. Mm-hmm. So that's in performances. Uh, annually, I do my own art exhibit and performance where I, alongside other freelance dancers, uh, usually there's some sort of grand storyline. Usually my mind goes all over the place. Mm-hmm. But um, once a year, I do an art exhibit and a performance. And then outside of that, usually it's just kind of gigs. Um, folks will hire me to dance independently, to do solos. Folks will hire me within groups. Um, I have... Why is the word gone from me? Private clients, Jesus. <laughs> um, that'll hire me for different things like um, wedding dances, like the first dance for the couple or mother-son. I have a client right now I'm doing for her and her two sons for her wedding coming up. Um, in February, so dance kind of full, whatever, it just kind of spreads the full gamut. It just depends on what the community needs. And then um, I just try my best to kind of put them both under one umbrella to support the community as best I can. And then I am really big on kind of pushing messages. So usually in some way, shape or form, it is speaking for 
kind of educating, informing. Maybe there's a need that I find is really great in the community at the time that I'm doing the exhibit. And that'll be my focus. Nice, nice. Yeah. So what do you feel like has been the most rewarding thing since you started this company? The most rewarding... Um, two things come to mind. Mm-hmm. The first thing I'll say definitely uh, is people's feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, the art exhibits and the performances that I've been able to do it's really dope to kind of set the environment and set this set the the atmosphere up like it's one of those things i ask people for their feedback after the fact and like there's it's hard to describe you have to be in the space so i enjoy creating a safe space where people kind of get to come and be their full emotional selves and embrace and be a part of the show Mm -hmm. in whatever way and they get to walk away and say oh my gosh that piece moved me or how do you know that I was going through that or those kind of things? Absolutely. People's feedback when people are blessed by whatever it is that God has done through the performance that hits home. The second thing that comes to mind is um, I thoroughly enjoyed working on Rikers Island. Mm. Um, thoroughly. I miss it. You worked with the women on Rikers or um, with the men? Both. Oh, wow. um, so tell yeah. us about that experience. <laughs> so I started by working with the um, women population, the young women. The Rosies? Uh, the yes. Rosie. Rosie Singer, yes. I was working with the young adult group. So before they started to move them off of the island, that like 16 to 21 mm-hmm. year old range. And um, it started off with dance. Mm-hmm. I was teaching dance and it was great. Um, the experience was interesting because, you know, they all give you all the information. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know necessarily what I was stepping into. And I remember there was one uh, student that I had in particular. Um, and my first day with her, I go in. She's in a dormitory by herself, mm-hmm. right? There's just one correctional officer. They have the gate. They open it up, let me in. And it's just her by herself. And I go and introduce myself and I have all these conversations. She's not interested in anything I have to say at all. She's ignoring me, not interested. And I was like, well, it's you and me together. Whether we dance or not, I'm hanging out with you. And at one point, officers come in and they chain her up. Mm-hmm. Feet, hands, right? The full face, all of it. And I was like, y'all do this to everybody? Like, what's going on here? Like, no, no, she's violent. I was like, y'all don't think you should tell me that before mm-hmm. you sent me in here by myself? Mm-hmm. Um, but she ended up being probably one of my, my best students. We had a great time. I felt like we were ready to kind of break the wall down. And we go in there and dance and sweat and... Um, I think it was a really dope release. Like it was a great outlet for her. I'd come in if they would tell me she was acting up or something. I'd be like, we can't get started. So you apologize. Go over there and say, you know, like that kind of thing. And um, so that was great. Um, What's her favorite type of dance? Um, we did a lot of like uh, West African um, and Caribbean like uh, dance hall stuff like that. Okay, okay. And uh, yeah, we used to we used to dance. I had her for two hours straight every time I came in, and we would dance the whole time, mm-hmm. which was dope. The guys were different. Mm. Uh, I was not dancing with the guys. Absolutely they were thirsty. Not. Yeah. Absolutely not. I went in there. That was the point, and I was like, no, all y'all sit down. This is not. There's no way. But um, it was fun. It was also amazing to kind of get the human side, right? Like everybody has an idea you're working at Rikers, don't do it. Why would you want to be at Rikers? Mm. But um, I can't say I made friends, but we got along well enough where I never felt, I was never worried. I was never in fear. They were amazing. If there were fights, honestly, um, the inmates protected me. You know, like they would kind of look out for me or Mm. pull me to the side or make sure I was good. 
Um, so we got along. I think we got along really well. And uh, it was great. Mm. How did you get into that? Like working on records? So I did a lot of contract work for other companies. Mm. Um, so there was another company that I actually used to work with in schools. Um, elite Learners. Mm-hmm. And I was working with them in schools. And they had approached me and said they had gotten this agreement with Rikers. And wanted to know if I was interested. I was like, I've never done it before, but I'm open. I'd love to give it a try. And honestly, they didn't have, at the time, I don't know what they're doing now, but at the time, um, they didn't have the staff that was interested in going to Rikers. Mm. And so I was like, yeah, let's do it. And it just kind of took off from there. Absolutely loved it. Um, What was rough about working at Rikers was I don't think they ever allowed for programs to, well, let me not say ever, Mm. in my experience, um, for programs to kind of, be fully flushed out like i felt like they always moved me too early mm. um to a different building or to a different group and that was really hard because i just felt like i never got to you know like finish i never got to say goodbyes just stuff like that i felt like they just kind of stripped you and moved you to whatever they felt like the next need was oh so they didn't tell you when they were going to move you no it literally would be like i'd show up and it was like you got a different group or assignment and it was like okay and now i'm taking a bus to a different building okay okay yeah so that sucked I had a different experience on Rikers. Um, <laughs> Please, tell me about yours. No, mine's... Um, so I had a friend that was... Oh, got you, fly. So I had a friend that was locked up on Rikers. He was using Rikers for at least four years, I believe. Mm. And, you know, taking... taking. I used, to have to, I used to have to walk from my house to Rockaway Parkway. And then from Rockaway Parkway, I would take the L train... Um, so I think the, the R, I think was it the R or the Q, one of those trains, one of those yellow trains. Then I would get off in Queens. Then I had to take two buses because I would have to take one Trent. bus and then I would have to take the bus that's like right across the street from the Rikers that go over the bridge. That takes you over the bridge, yeah. Yeah, so that trip alone. Then once you get on Rikers, you have to take a strip, take off your clothes, go through that thing. Now they got dogs that go between your legs and stuff. Oh, I yeah, smell you now. Different experience. And then... After that, you sit in the room for about 30 minutes. They move you to another room. You sit in that room for another 30 minutes. They move you to another room. You sit in that room for like an hour. Then they put you in this big room with everybody. And then you see your peoples for like 30 minutes to an hour. And then you got to do the whole process to get home. It used to suck when it was cold because that trip is brick over there. It's brick, man. This is like cold that you feel in your bones and the smell. Like it reminds me just like the shelter, you know, those hard Mm. marble cold floors and walls and that thick nasty musky smell that doesn't yeah. go away i do like, i know exactly what you're talking about yeah they, they, they all have that same smell and it's, they all got those sticky walls and doors like mm-hmm. the sticky walls and doors like jails shelters hospitals and schools yeah, unfortunately they all which is a shame right yeah. like when you look those shouldn't all be in the same category like the same list but yeah it's like the same person built all of them almost same system did yeah so it was like <laughs> sheesh like yeah your experience was definitely very different from mine yeah um, i was i mean i'm grateful i'm grateful right because that was my rikers experience mm-hmm. um i've never gone to rikers to visit mm-hmm. somebody in that way mm-hmm. um and yeah i think rikers also give also my mm-hmm. mentality was I, i'll typically go into spaces like well how can i help help definitely but like shift like i try as best especially when people are purposefully like don't do it it's bad don't go there and i'm like ah, mm. what do you know 
And my mother actually was a nurse at Rikers for years. Mm-hmm. For years. And, and how so, was that experience, man? She um, told you about it? Yeah, I know she had, she's, she had been through some stuff, right? Yeah. She's gone through her inmates, you know, spitting on her and all that kind of stuff and attacking or violent or whatever the case may be. Inmates like to get sexual in medical for some reason. Um, in the shelter, they so was going like when I worked in Fort Washington yeah. men's shelter, and in in Manhattan, we used to always have P ones, priority ones, for sexual, and it used to be always guys going into medical and just taking out their penis and jerking off, trying to take advantage, or maybe also that's the one place, right? Like you feel like you can get away with it, and there's a lot of women exactly. Like you get a little bit more room to operate and to move because, um. Oh, no, I'm not going to say that, but. <laughs> <laughs> but. Ah, let me not finish my statement. <laughs> the yeah. nurses be wearing them tight pants nowadays, man. Y'all be wearing them custom um things on. Uh, I'm not a nurse, but I fight back on that statement, mm-hmm. okay? Because. You ain't seen the new. What, what's those things called? Those scrubs. Uh, yeah, you seen the new fashionable scrubs? The new scrubs that they be wearing? I think they're cute. Ah, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about there. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Women be wearing the but one that make their butt look fat, all that. Like, like, but come everybody on. Everybody in fitted, you know, scrubs. Yeah, and but. And I can say that because I think about it. What I, I do not matter what. First of all, it don't matter what you got going I feel like now the nurses are wearing more sexual scrubs. I feel like. Not sexual, like, fitted. oh, yeah. Yeah, fitted. more fitted, more tight. And then on top of that there's like there's like fashion over scrub companies now yeah, almost everybody like everybody got the over scrub company yeah like, and it's like and i see these nurses the other day i was in the hospital i was like yo what's going on it's like <laughs> all these nurses got bbls they got custom-made scrubs like <laughs> it's like yo waist are cinched okay I'm, I'm like yo these doctors are having too much fun like, <laughs> <laughs> like yo like, you i know? can't speak on that i'm not a nurse so, I don't know. I do. Mm. I mean, I have a family full of nurses, so I do think about the script. I think they're cute. That's all I'm going to say. So, so you know I what I'm talking about. Or against it, so, 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 you know what I'm talking about. I have an idea. I, uh, think. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I mean, in general, yes. Scrubs are definitely a lot more fitted now than mm. they were. Um, and the nurses have a lot back there than they did before. I don't know if they got more than before. Mm. Oh, I'm, just, I'm just thinking about my... Yeah, you can see it more. Because mm. my family... I mean, they got body. They Ain't nobody in my family bought theirs. They came with them. Mm. They came with them. It's just, you know, voluptuously blessed. Mm. And if your stuff is a little more fitted, now you can see it. Mm. Now you can see it. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying, it didn't make a difference. Because when I went into the men's jail, it didn't matter what I had on. Yeah. Fitted or not fitted, sweatpants or not, they still, you walk in, and it was just a female. They were like my wife. And I was like, if y'all get out of my face. Yeah, because they thirsty, though. Exactly. They're in jail. Yeah, that's that's different. Saying. That's different. These nurses are looking for attention in the medical spot. Because even the guys, the guys are wearing muscular scrubs with the joggers, pants but scrubs at the that, bottom. But that's what I'm saying. I feel like for everybody, it's they're more fitted. In my mind, mm. this is my devil's advocate. Okay? Mm. Response. Okay. I also think it's easier to maneuver my clothes are fitted. Mm-hmm. Here's why. Here's the doctors why. were always fine running around in the regular you know, scrubs. Because that's, that's all you have. But you know why? I think about it similarly to like, think about it with guys in basketball. Mm. Right? Like... Their shorts and stuff are a lot looser now than they used to be. They got around either way, mm. right? Wait, like, but that that's contradicting to what you were saying because no, 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 the scrubs got the tighter, style, right? But I'm saying they got like you. They were able to move regardless. Like you're saying, they were able to move because their stuff was bigger before. Yeah, they're always going to be able to operate. But what I'm saying is, to, in my opinion, I think okay, I think about it like if I'm painting. Okay, the scrubs got tighter 
but the shorts and basketball got looser. I'm not saying that the how it works. I'm just saying that they're able to move regardless, whether okay. they're fitted or clothed or, yes. or loose. Yes. Right? They're able to move. But the nurses, I find it to be the same with doctors and nurses, whether it's fitted or it's not like old school. You were saying it was looser. Now it's more fitted. I think they're able to move. They're physically able to move regardless. Regardless, yes. But I think because there's people that still wear the old fashioned scrubs. They, they, they yeah, exactly. Yeah, they they are. still do. I think about it for when I'm painting. It's easier for me. Like I'm, I'm cleaner in my movement <laughs> mm-hmm. when my stuff is fitted. Mm-hmm. If my stuff is looser, I'm making a mess. It's getting everywhere. If my stuff is more fitted, you know, mm. it's less mess. I can operate easier. I don't know. I just <laughs> <sighs> these women are doing it for attention. And, and the men and are. The, the men are. The yeah, they are for attention, for attention and for fashion. That's all for it fashion, is. Yes. For fashion and attention. I don't think it's all for Great attention. fashion gets you attention. Yes or no? There, there's, there's a term called peacocking. You ever heard of that term? Yes. Okay. Where you dress a certain way Crops and you behave cute. a certain way because you want attention. But Crops that's cute. But that's the old oh, cap. Because you know what they do now? <laughs> they put those pins in the Crocs to make them look cute. They do. Okay. They do. And then they, then they get different colors to match their scrubs and stuff. True. Yeah, True. they're they're doing the most in there. I've seen it with you my own two eyes. You, you want to look your best. You feel your best. You look your best. Yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. especially when you're a nurse and trying to get the doctor to bend you over. And wow. They have they have a room or in the if hospital. You're a nurse or a male or a male nurse. Well, that ain't my business. What a nurse. <laughs> <laughs> a nurse. Exactly. Male male nurse or female nurse. Mm-hmm. I mean, heck, if you're doing it for attention, good luck. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. You know, there's a room called the safe panic room in the hospital where the doctors go in and the nurses go in and close the door where they could just chill out in there. So I wonder <laughs> the what they're doing in that safe panic, panic. room. Somebody hmm. say it before, before people start making stuff <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what they're doing in that room. Doctors, nurses, somebody check in and let us know what, what's happening. I saw that room and I saw the guy walk in and I didn't see him walk back out. And I was there for at least... He went to relax and breathe. I think, I don't know, I don't, what was in it? Did you see anything that was I don't in it? It looked like it was some towels and there were some shelves and then... He didn't open the door all the way. He just had it cracked a little bit. Room. He just had it cracked a little bit. I automatically jumped to Grey's Anatomy, but the room I'm thinking of, I doubt is a safe pedigree. I think about the, like, the little cots where they could take a nap. Mm. Or, you know, they just go and take a little coffee break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's safe. We all know people... They're reading. We all know people have the most affairs at work. Their Bibles. And the reason and why... <laughs> and the reason why people have the most affairs at work is because that's where they spend the most that's time. That's where they are. And that's... And if someone's trying to talk to somebody, they're going to have all day when someone at work. And doctors yeah. and nurses work, what, 12 hours, 15 hours? There, yes, there yeah. are many, not all of them, but yes, there are many that have those kind of hours. Yes, yeah. and when they do, they got to let off that pressure somehow, some way, right? And so they go into the room and they read while they eat. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> you ever seen the wolf, the the Wolf of Wall Street? I did. Okay, and no. you seen when they went to the bathroom what they were doing, right? Okay. Yeah, but they had to let off that stress. That More people do that in real life than you think. Why you think bathrooms at work are always those personal bathrooms that clock? Because we deserve privacy. Yeah, and a lot of people masturbate at work on the low. Well, yeah. <laughs> to the to when they but then masturbating doesn't do what you're doing it with somebody else. If you masturbating because you just gotta get off, that that's yeah. You know? But everybody's been working at a workplace where they know at least 
a few couple of people that sleep on each other. At least two or three couples at every job. Whether they're public couples or private couples. I haven't worked a full-time job in a long time. Yeah. So I'm going to just say maybe that you're right. But From the top end. My old, mm, I'm not going to say no names. Lord of mercy. I used to call it the 12th, like the 13th grade. Mm. It was like high school. It was terrible. Why? Because it was ratchet. Just, just, yes. Everybody was messing with each other. There was always some sort of drama. Somebody exactly. or something. Exactly. And That's she, not everywhere. And most of the time, maybe one guy, that'd be with two, three women at one job. Um, no, where I was, it was everybody. Mm, everybody was, was everybody. for everybody? Everybody was everybody. Everybody for everybody. 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 Yeah. Matter of fact, I used to know about someone like that when I was younger. She used to throw parties in the projects and invite everybody from her job. And then after a while, she would let people pair up, pair up, pair up. And then the following day or the following weekend, she'll have private parties and have people matched up even amount of guys even amount of girls well it sounds like they was coming knew they was coming for so yeah I mean, she had a list at that point you had <laughs> she had a list she, she was very professional with it I'm not gonna lie she had her own routine she was organized I'm not gonna say professional but she was organized and she was organized <laughs> she used to get rid of all the furniture and make sure everything was clean was she getting paid nah she wasn't getting paid I mean, you know some get paid some do it for free for the thrills you know you know true. how it goes absolutely true Yep, she wasn't Haitian. She would have made sure she got paid if she was. Get tested. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was my first question. So, she does a business plan like she set herself up right. Guess not. Yeah. Get tested, guys. It worked out for her in the end, though. And for everybody else, it went too. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not funny, but the way it worked out is one day she was coming out of her house. And her cousin got hit by cars. And what? Got, and one of them, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she laughing. One of them got hit by a car, flew in the air, and landed on the mailbox. And one <laughs> flew in the air and landed on top of a car in front of her house. And everybody's okay. Eventually, yeah. I mean, Lord. she, she got a. Work out for her. How did we get here? Oh, she got a nice settlement. Got her body done. Started doing music videos. You know? <clears throat> got you. Heard you. Got it better furniture in her project apartment. Yeah, it worked, it worked out like out that. that yeah, she got herself. Not what I was expecting. She got herself a new man after she got herself a new body. Got a new job. You know me who it is. Yeah, you know it worked out. You know. Really? <laughs> you asked how it worked out. I wasn't expecting. I was. Like that escalated kind of quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Wish you the best, my dear. She well, changed her whole life, man. Right. <laughs> oh, you—you you know what? You live your best life. Yeah. <laughs> it worked out, you know. Some way, shape, or form. Her past was erased. <laughs> that you did. That's okay. That circle back around. What you did before didn't matter. Heard you. Yeah, new body, new life, new me. <laughs> new life, new me. New money, everything oh. is new. Like, hey. But, you know, those were great memories that I will always <laughs> have as a child. And, you know, shout out to Brooklyn, man. How many parties did you go to? Of hers? I will say at least three or four. I stopped going after the, the guy got his face cut in half. That's when I stopped going. I was like, okay, I'm good. <laughs> like I'm good. <laughs> Cause Every time it just keeps taking the Yeah, because yeah, the reason to stop going. Yeah, because one day she invited the whole job, and then she invited the whole projects, and it was too much people. And I was like, you know what? 
I'm going to just stay with my people because, you know, I always have my people to make me feel comfortable. So, you know, we wasn't having it. So we was good. You know, <laughs> we was good. Exactly. But then all we heard was, oh, and then oh. half the dude's face was open. And then I was like, oh, and then he was like, who did that? We got to go look for him. Like, no, bro, you got to go to a hospital, bro, because... Oh. Nah, and I was like, oh nah, bro, you got that buck fifty like you went to Rikers, <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> so after that, I was like, yeah, I'm not going over there. I'm not going over there no more. Then my other boy that lived in the same neighborhood but down the block, he got hit by a car too with that same neighborhood. He got sent flying in the air. He had to get his skull stitched up. I'm like, yo, there's something about those projects that people keep getting hit by cars over there. I'm not going over there, man. <laughs> the project, I'm sorry, this because you got too many examples. <laughs> oh, no. You didn't set nobody up, did you? Me? No. No, no. <laughs> I, I went there for pleasure, not for pain. <laughs> <laughs> That's why when it was paid, I had to get up out of there. I was like, alright. Oh, Let me go back to my suburban life and mind my business. <laughs> Let me stop going to these projects and having pleasure. It was a great time. But that was before I had a hair on my face. That's how long ago it was. So, But it was a great time. It was a great time. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah, so let's get up out of here. Closing thoughts? Closing thoughts. Come to the exhibit. <laughs> Tell people when, where, uh, how. Yes, Saturday, November 4th. Um, from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. It was going to be in Queens at I Am Yogi Studios. You guys can check out all of the details at Chocolate Wombs, mm. W-O-M-B-S, mm -hmm. chocolatewombs.eventbrite.com. You guys mm -hmm. can follow me on Instagram, on Facebook, K4 Creative Inc. That's K, the number four, creative with the K, Inc. And um, yeah, you guys will find all the details on my page on Eventbrite. And I hope that you guys can make it. It's free. No excuses. And all of my lovely expecting mamas, if you guys are free, um, the prenatal yoga class is free. Just register on Eventbrite. We'd love to have you. Why does chocolate womb sound like something tasty and something delicious? <laughs> chocolate womb. could take that a lot of different ways. I think... Mm, like my words here. It's women, like a dessert. <laughs> some people do think women are a dessert. Um, hey. Chocolate wombs. Your womb. We have the baby or the baby girls, mm -hmm. chocolate, black, mocha, melanated. Whip shots. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we thank you all for watching. We thank you all for joining. We thank you all for supporting. We thank you for all that you have done for us so far, thus far. Of course, thank my lovely guests for joining today. One more time, tell them where they can find you. K for Creative Inc. K, the number four, creative with the K, Inc. Find me on Instagram, Facebook. I'll be there. Okay, okay. And also, you can follow us on Instagram at the Real Word Ministries Inc. org. That's at the Real Word Ministries Inc. on Instagram, www.therealwordministriesinc.org. Also, Facebook.com backslash the Real Word 7. Also, we're on podcasts. Everywhere you can find podcasts Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, um, and Spotify, and SoundCloud. So, we all are there SoundCloud, Pandora. Um, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So catch us on there if you rather listen than watch. Um, you catch us there. So we thank you all for watching. Thank you for supporting. Thank you for this great episode once again. Um, you want to close out with a prayer? Oh my goodness, on the spot. Oh yeah, on the spot. What you think? Yeah, sure. I told you I was gonna put you on the spot. It's just like that. Just like be your that. own people. It be your own people. Sure. What are you praying for? Anything? It's up to you. It's up to your discretion. Sure. 
Viewer discretions advised. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Let's pray. Um, first and foremost, Lord, we give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. Thank you. Thank you for this moment, this opportunity that you saw a fit that would be able to guess on the Real Word Ministries for this moment, Father God. Thank you for this ministry. Thank you for all those that are able to tune in to learn something, to laugh, be educated, to be entertained, Father God. Thank you for Rick. Thank you, Lord, for the purpose that you've placed inside of him, for gifting him, that he'd be able to serve your people in the way it is that you see fit. And Lord, I pray that everything it is that we touch turns to spiritual gold, that we'd be able to meet and serve your, their, the needs of your people, and that they would be fed with whatever it is that you desire for them. We pray this in all things, in the name of your son, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Amen, amen. amen. So shout out to y'all. Shout out to y'all for supporting. Good night and God bless y'all. Deuce. It's the it's the